Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 254. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have back with us the internationally acclaimed, notable, and talented comic creator, Lori Calcaterra. Yay! Lori. Thank you. That was a great intro. See? Look at that. But you, so you listen, you are, so this is your Kickstarter coming out and you're talking about Path of the Pillar Rider issue number three, that is, that just launched about 10 days ago. Yeah. And as of this recording, we are sitting on 19 days left. It's already met its goal, which is right. super exciting. And and now we are just sitting back and, and, and waiting for enough funding for a colorist, correct? Yeah, we have a colorist kind of on deck, and okay. we hit we hit close enough to color and last issue that I okayed color that I would pay a little bit extra to get it done. Mm. Um, so we have a little bit farther to go to be in that comfort zone for color, um, but I'm pretty confident we'll get there. Um, this time around, it really took off. We were funded in about seven days. Um, um. My last two campaigns, it took about 28 days to 25, 26 days, depending on which campaign you're looking at. But it almost took the full 30 days where we would get to like 90%. And then like the last 10% is just grueling, like, come on, you know, um, and then hoping to get, you know, far enough to do color. So we got far ahead in the beginning and we're in that part where it just kind of slows down. And that's typical in a Kickstarter from my experience. Um, and that's fine, but I'm I'm still pretty confident that you know we'll we'll get to color and we'll be quite comfortable. So right, yeah. And so so talk to us a little bit about what what your what your readers can expect from issue number three. <laughs> <laughs> um, issue number three. Now, if you haven't read issue number two, it's a slight spoiler um, because something happens at the end, and then there's a time jump. So I kind of leave everybody hanging at the end of two and we pick up where we left off in three in that time jump. Okay. All right. So we're actually going back to the beginning of the apocalypse, the day that death broke. And right. We see Jude St. Clair at the beginning and how he gets to interact with his very first undead person. And, um, we're going to go through quite a bit of time in this issue. It's about five years of the apocalypse. So issue one, when we start, we're 10 years into the apocalypse. Mm. Um, so in issue three, we start at day one and we go through about five years of, of from the beginning. So we cover quite a bit of ground. So all that stuff that I've kind of been hinting at, like the social unrest, the riots, the government overstep, the ethical issues, that all starts in this issue. So you'll get to see more of what we've been hinting at finally. Right. Right. <laughs> and what I what I love about the, the the series, so give people a little bit of background on how, you know, for those that haven't read the series yet, yeah. how is this different than say The Walking Dead or The Last of Us? Or like everything. Um <laughs> so Path of the Pill Rider is a world where death has been broken. 
So your body can die, but your soul, your consciousness, it doesn't leave your body upon death. So you're still you. You're Barney, I'm Lori, it's your mom, your cousin, your neighbor. Um, you're still you in your body, but it's decaying while you're inside of it. So we have this new population. We have this new, in the beginning, a new minority. And these people kind of um, follow like dementia patients. They're not flesh eating zombies. They're not a horde coming to rip you to shreds. They right. are forgetful. They can be violent. They can be detached. Um, and as their brain decays, they become more and more chaotic. And in mm. this world, it's not just humans, it's animals, insects, fish. Death, death on a whole has been broken for mm. everything. So we have famine, we have overpopulation. Um, we have a lot of ethical issues that come up because the undead are still themselves and thinking that they're fine for some time. But it's like, should you be able to drive a car or own a firearm or own property or vote? Um, right. Because all of those things naturally go away in the real world. But in this world, you're still here for a while. So how long do you get to hang on to those things? Um, so we tackle all of those issues. Um, it's it's a pretty dark and difficult place to to exist. So. Right. And, and you're planning on this being a 24-issue series, is that? Well, um, like, see, if we think about it as like a Netflix series, I have it like as three different chunks, like three different seasons. Season okay. one is 13 issues. Okay. I'm writing into the second season. I'm 26. I'm at 26, which is like nine issues into season two. Yeah, right. I don't think that math okay. is right, but whatever. <laughs> Man, <laughs> 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 I'm up to twenty six. I know that there's going to be twelve in the ish in um like the second season, and then I have not started the third season, but I do have an ending. So, okay. like you said, Barney, I'm just going to be writing this until I'm eighty five, producing <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> now, is you know, as time goes on. It'll, We'll be able to do more and more. Um, the audience will get bigger. And then, you know, when we raise extra funds on the Kickstarter, we can just keep going. You know what I mean? Right. We don't have to Kickstarter for one issue. Maybe one Kickstarter covers two issues and we just go. Um, right. so that would be the plan. You know. Okay. And now, and so I guess, you know, from, from a creative perspective is like, is this, there's two types of creatives really. There's one that just is just has ideas and just really to do something else. Um, and then there's the others that just kind of like have that stick to itiveness to say, this is my IP and I'm just going to, this is the lot, this is for what I'm doing for the rest. Mm -hmm. Now, where do you fit on that? Because as you're talking about, if you have um, a multiple issue series that you're trying to do, is there going to be a point where you're going to write it all and then maybe work on another project um, or another piece of that or because of this uh, talking to somebody who's talked to you for well over a year now, the, the innovative approach that you're ta taking on this is, you know, I would love to hear how Lori would write something about like a fantasy genre or a space opera. Like, why do you, <laughs> I know, but like, I guess my, so the question is, is like, are you still going to be when you do your part of it, which is the writing piece? Are you because you're already 26 issues into it, writing it? Are you going to then maybe 
grab another artist or do something maybe doing um, uh, another genre or medium of storytelling with another team while this is still going on? Mm. I'm actually, I've been tapped to write uh, issues four, five, and six of a series called Psycho Sal. Um, okay. which is about a serial killer active in New Orleans in the 80s. Um, so, yes, I am working with other teams and writing other – I mean, it's still a horror genre, um, right. but it's different than mine own, and I'm not the creator. So it's taking someone else's ideas and then making it more interesting. You know what I mean? Because for them, that, like William Russell is the creator of Psycho Sal, and he's an artist. So he has ideas about where the story should go, but he needs mm. someone like me to be like, okay, this is how we weave it all together. Here's the jump scares. Like here's, you know, something that people didn't see coming and here's how I can enrich your story. Um, right. So I am doing stuff like that. And I have written other series. Um, okay. Like I have one that's a spy drama that I wrote to be a live action. Um, that's called the agency, which has huge twists in it. And it's, um, it's a lot less issues. It's a, uh, the first season is six episodes, and then the second season was six, and it was intended to have a third season of six uh, issues as well. So we could do something like that um, if I felt so ambitious, but I'm still getting this one off the ground. I want to make sure I, I I am good at what I'm doing and understand all the ins and outs before I like start right. working on multiple projects at the same time because um, I'm still fairly new, and if I make mistakes, I could tank the whole thing you know, by myself. So I don't want to tank like not only my my book, but like another book and like carry four artists down with me. Like, whoo, that would be a bad day. <laughs> but but that but that's a good point too. And like, and that's one thing that we always talk about is that you know we, we learn way we learn much more from our mistakes than we do from our successes. So yeah. how was it writing the issue 26 script different from when you first wrote issue number one, two, or three script? How is it different? <sighs> It's a lot more in depth. Well, I mean, when I wrote uh, Path of the Pale Rider, the first 13 issues, it's actually one script. It's a, it's a movie script because I came right. from production. I was a stunt woman and I managed a fight choreography team. Um, and I started writing for web content for this uh, production company in Detroit. So when I wrote that, it was a complete thought and I had to break it up into issues. So now the difference is, is I'm writing as issues, right? So I'm writing, thinking it's 24 pages, and these are all the boxes I need to check in each issue. Like, we need to have character growth. We need to have, you know, further the story. There needs to be some kind of something that's exciting, you know. Um, but ultimately, I'm trying to get to, like, the end of this series, this chapter of Jude's life. Um, so that's, I think, different in that way. Plus, the everybody in the second season already understands how the world works. Like, really cause big you know drama and fight scenes and i have like this huge battle crafted at the end of the season um that i couldn't necessarily do in the first issue because all the characters aren't introduced or developed or you know what i mean there's so many things about the world that are are really the antagonist of the series is the world mm. um so i have to show all these aspects and and take you through the world building kind of in season one um Jude figures out the answer to the question, what broke death in the first season. Um, and then after that, things take a hard left turn and uh, we go from there into season two. So. Right. And so, cause I remember uh, I was, you know, 
following along on your other interviews you've been on, and you did mention that your your artist kind of pointed out that this is a lot of dudes Dude. in this. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> it was like, Lori, you just keep writing man one and man two. He's like, I turned this one into a woman. I'm like, that's fine. Um, and so we got to the fight scene and then it wasn't fine because Jude would never punch a girl in the face. And then we right. had to rethink the fight scene of how she would get knocked down. Um, but it actually became comedic. Like mm. she would stand up and like Jude would punch one of the other dudes and then he would fall backwards and knock her back over. So it was kind of funny um, and it worked out. But um, yeah, but that's one of the things about my script. I'm just like, I'm killing so many people. <laughs> you just become like fodder in the background <laughs> so that's right. why you know marco's like we're all we're where's the girls and i'm like they're there they're there we just haven't gotten that far but that was one of the um the drawbacks i think of taking a script and then turning it into issues is because like issues one and two were really the intro to the movie right mm -hmm. it's like dude coming in it's like where the credits will be rolling would be issue number one where he's riding his horse through all the different dilapidated infrastructures and um i just watched rewatched uh magnificent seven the redo with denzel washington and all um, right who's the guy from jurassic park oh chris, chris pratt? pratt chris pratt yeah. um ethan hawk vincent d'onofrio there's more i can't remember all the names but they're all in there and uh that and the that's the credits like is um denzel washington riding his horse through the desert and i was like this is the beginning of my comic right so um that's kind of like one of the drawbacks is like that would have happened seamlessly one and two and then we would be back in the in the past you know and then it's like okay now we're gonna get the meat and potatoes and it's just seamless you know so breaking it up into issues it's like oh we're all the girls they're there <laughs> We just haven't gotten there yet. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and and so let's talk to talk to us a little bit about um, what some of the the new things that people can expect from this Kickstarter. That's typically what people get on my Kickstarters is that they get the the issue, they get the cool variant art, and I'll always do like new rewards. The new rewards on this campaign um, are the hot sauce. Um, the Big James Funko Pop, like, okay. oh my gosh, if people like Funkos and you're a collector, get this one, because all the rest of them that I have planned are people, and Big James is so flipping cool, Yeah. right? Um, and I can only make five of them because they're so complicated. The sculptor was like, I can only promise five by the date that you <laughs> promised them, right? Because I was like, our, our goal is to be done by July. You right. can't have until Christmas to make them. <laughs> These Funko Pops are so cool, but Big James is a giant and it's actually in two pieces. So on this one, you get the Big James Funko, you get a Big James t-shirt, and then of course the comic. Um, if you want the Big James cover with that, why not? Let's round it out, make it a Big James fan club. Right. <laughs> so the back cover of... Issues one and two have riddles. Issue number three will be the same. It's a different type of riddle. Like the first one, we did a red reveal. The second one is an actual riddle, but it's written in American Sign Language. So you have to decipher the words and then answer the riddle. 
Um, right. And when you do that, it will actually trigger something to happen. You'll get an interaction with one of my characters, which is cool. That one. <laughs> um, riddle number three is going to be a little different. It'll be okay. nothing that you really have to solve. It'll be more about a walk through Lori Calcaterra's brain. Hmm. And okay. um, there'll be multiple choices. And one of the choices is correct. So if you hang in there and you find the right answer you'll get rewarded with something from path of the pale rider but the rest of them are still a treat if you like the things that have influenced this book like spaghetti westerns and zombie movies and martial art thrillers and um just silly cartoon stuff right it's that's what you're gonna see when you're solving issue number three's uh riddle okay one of the things that you that a lot of people talk to talk about your work is that it, it's it's in it, like you say is interactive. Um, there is lots for those that are fan fans of Path of the Pale Rider. You can get T-shirts, you can get stickers, you can as you say you can get Funko Pops. Um, what what are some of the things on here that you you feel pr really proud of besides the Funko Pop piece that you mentioned that you're really excited about because it's something that you kind of wanted yourself and you're pretty excited to see the, the, the feedback from your readers. The, Oh, so two things. Right. One, there's an add on, which is the choose your own adventure book. Okay. So if you missed it last campaign, you can still get one this time around and it's a 60 page manga sized book where it's a choose your own adventure story. You get That's to run awesome. bounties in the world and you get to interact with the type of characters you see in this story. Um, you're going to get killed seven different ways to Sunday, but like some of them are really grisly, gory, awesome deaths. Like you're going to be like, <laughs> messed up, um, but it's awesome. And then I think I built a save point into it. So like you start at the saloon, you run bounties. If you make it back to the saloon, which is halfway through the book, that's like a save point. So you don't have to go all okay. the way back to the beginning. If you get like three quarters of the way through the book, um, you're also going to see characters that show up later in the main story. So you would have more insight on these characters oh, cool. than Jude St. Clair will, right? Because he's meeting them for the first time. There's this really terrible character that I wrote called the Skinner. He's terrifying. Um, so you get to interact with the Skinner. Uh, there's only one way to beat him. Uh, good luck. But if, if he gets you, he gets you good, right? So when you meet the Skinner in uh, Path of the Pale Rider, when Jude meets the Skinner, you're just going to be like, run, run, Jude. <laughs> like, you don't want to even talk to this guy. Um, but, of course, Jude has no clue who this guy is, so uh, walks into a trap. Mm. Um, so there's that. The ending, I think I did something really witty. So if you uh, you get all the way to the end, it's pretty cool. I don't want to spoil it. So that's the, kind of the first thing I really would recommend. The second one is that people are brave enough to do the super secret reward. Mm. These super secret rewards are handcrafted items created from my brain. Um, Ooh, okay. Last campaign, it was called the Bones of Despair. And it was a, I, I made everything, everything except for the glass bottles. Okay. So it's a, a wooden box that I crafted um, that I stained and it had uh, wood burning into it. Like I, I wrote a poem and it's on both sides. I stained it with skulls on the top with an antique hinge. You open the thing up and inside of it is a glass bottle full of ashes and 
bones, not real bones. I can't put remains in a bottle. <laughs> That's illegal. Um, so I, there are clay bones that look real, right? Okay. So the poem on the side of the box talks about how death is broken, obviously, and, and kind of decay is now the new king. And that if you take this bottle of bones and you put it to your ear, can you hear the souls trapped in the bones? Oh, um, like you would put a seashell to your ear and hear the sea. You know what I mean? Right. You do the same thing with these bottle of bones. So that's there was four of those that went out or will go out when everything is said and done. And these ones, I have four available. Someone was brave enough to do one. Plus you get like every single copy of the book. You get all right. the, every single, um, let's see. Yeah, you get a signed copy of the A cover from Marco and myself. And then you get every single variant, B, C, D, E, which hasn't even been released yet. Um, wow. Of course, your name on the thank you page. So if you like to cosplay or you just love Path of the Pale Rider, this thing is amazing. And it took me several tries to make one of these things, but I made it and it's functional and it's so cool. Um, and when this person backed it, I kind of like rang the bell and was very excited because I get to make one of these things for somebody else. I made one for myself because they're that cool. I needed one, um, but I get to make one for somebody else. And I think that's awesome. So. And you talked about um, that variant cover that you are pretty excited about. I I love them all. Oh right, my gosh, they turned out so great. Um, Angela Aquino did the uh, the riot one because um, yeah. we're going to see riots and unrest in issue three. So if you like, he does more of like an illustration vector style art. It's like right. poster to me. It was very different, and I wanted something different for two of the covers. Um, right. So between his and then Everett Watkins with the big James Bear poster and Everett is a graphic designer by trade. Um, he is into comic illustration as well, but definitely not the stuff that I do. Um, but Everett's done a cover for me every single issue. Like he did mm. the, the Jude St. Clair standing in front of the sunset with the smoking gun for issue right. one. And then issue two, he did the Christmas tree of doom. <laughs> remember the one where they had like all the zombie heads on? yeah <laughs> he was like i'm grossing myself out and now william russell and david sanchez are both comic book pros this is what they do right. so william russell did a uh, dead girl for me um I'm a, I, I wanted to talk about this issue too because it hasn't come up yet but it's like um schmecks in the in you know the apocalypse and <sighs> How does it work? Like things that used to be taboo might be less taboo, but for, right. you know, but for how long? And um, are people getting exploited because, mm. you know, maybe they're forgetful or, you know, and right. it's like um, the way that he drew her looks like she had sat in the chair of his serial killer series. <laughs> so it was a good homage between our two stories. Um, and I asked him to do a provocative one just because I wanted to ask the question, is it okay to feel that way about a dead girl? Like, right. shouldn't it be okay, but right. <laughs> right. That, and so, and, and a lot of these too, now I can't remember, I remember we're talking uh, a couple episodes ago about just like the world building aspect of this is like other geographic areas. Do the, is the reader going to say, Hey, what's happening in, in in france or is then people knowing what's happening in like 
you know, sub-Saharan Africa while this is happening? Is there mm. more details of what's going on? We're going to get a pretty good look of the United States. Um, we won't see much of the outside world in this first season. Mm. But that doesn't mean that we won't see in the future. Right. Um, because it is global. But right. Jude is kind of like in the Southwest right now. But when we go back in time, he's from somewhere else. You'll you'll get to see a different side of the United States because he started clear across somewhere else and then had to journey. It took him 10 years to get to Santa Claus, Arizona, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, you're going to see a few things as he goes along. But right. Is it across the board society is interacting in the same way? Or are there pockets no. of societies that are react differently to yes to the, okay um there's a bunch of different conspiracy theories and depending on what people believe actually happened um people will be acting differently from their beliefs people will be acting differently depending on whether they're in a big city or a small rural area north and south cold or hot um they they will have like santa claus is not friendly to undead Mm -hmm. um, you will have communities that are only friendly to undead. If you're living, they just shoot you and then you can come in. Um, oh, <laughs> or you might find a community that is welcoming to everybody. Um, mm. So it just depends on where you're at in the attitude of the community. And it just really depends on the history of what happened in that area. Because if mm. the undead were um, particularly dangerous in that area, um, the living people would probably be less friendly towards the undead. Right. And I think I, in the story, what I said is like the farther west you go, the more lawless it gets. The further west you go, the more lawless it gets. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Huh. That's a, I didn't know that about like, well, that wasn't a, something when there are other previous two interviews I didn't yeah. know. About. That sounds amazing. Okay. Right. Yep. Nobody's read issue three yet that right. be listening to this. Is there anything in there that actually surprised you as the writer of it that you're like, oh, I can't wait for someone to read this? Is there anything on there? <laughs> um, you know me well enough that that's always the case. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a I gotcha moment in the story. Um, there wasn't the first two, and uh, we continue that for, I think, the next couple. Um, three and four have killer endings, pun intended. Um, mm. but you, you will see where Jude starts and like his emotional connection to some new characters. Um, obviously these new characters are not in the story where we left him. So what happened to mm. them? Right. Um, that's one of the pros and cons of telling a nonlinear story. If you have a character that's in the future, when you take them to the past, they're safe quote unquote, because you know that they make it through, but everybody right. else isn't. <laughs> so, but it's, it's interesting to see how quickly things crumble and then what really sets Jude on his path, because mm. what we saw from issue one and two is that he will do anything to find the answer and to find right. this guy, you know, and that he ultimately finds this guy. And the thing that he says to him in the jail cell is, you know how this all started, don't you? And the guy says, yes, but no one ever believes me. And then I take you out of the scene. And so you don't actually know what happens. 
can I can I can I make a guess? Can I just make a can I I'm just gonna make a guess. So I'm so I'm what this is my I as you're talking, I'm just I'm thinking about this. The name of the book is called Path of the Pale Rider. The interpretation of pale means you're dead. So who's who's the pale rider? The idea would would we would be able to, you know, you know, to think it's the main character. But th that's what I'm now. I'm just wondering. I'm I'm wondering out loud. See, is yeah. Jude death? Is Jude I, death, or is, is or is he is he dead? Is he dead? Has he been I dead the whole time? For I don't know. It's just like that whole sixth sense thing, you know. It's like yeah. I see dead people <laughs> <laughs> all the time. I, <laughs> he could yeah. be. Um, he could be. But because there's a title, the title means something. The, the title, title means absolutely something. Absolutely means something. Right. It's actually biblical. Well, it is. That's right. The path of the pale rider. That's the um uh, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Right. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he who rides in in the pale horse is death. The pale horse is death. Yeah. Um. So the the title is the path of death. Specifically, death is missing. Mm -hmm. um, but it can be interpreted a bunch of different ways because Jude is on a specific path, right? right? Um, it, it can go many different ways, which I love. I know. And that's the thing too, Lori, you've actually created your readership to actually, to actually look at things in a more, in a more in, in, intricate way, you know, adding in riddles, mm -hmm. you actually now create the expectation that people need to act, uh, look at things from a different perspective. So that's what's thinking about that title. It could mean it could mean a couple things. See. All I gotta say is my next variant cover is a spoiler with no context. It's a character we have not met yet and we won't meet for a couple more couple more issues. <laughs> but I won't name this person. So don't ask. <laughs> But if you look at it hard enough, what this artist is trying to do will tell you a story. So mm. I love doing this stuff. I know <laughs> you do. See, it's good. Yeah. Solve the uh -huh. riddle. Send me the email. I'll send you yeah. one of these things. And then uh, then you can contemplate all your life choices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if people want to learn more about path of the pillar writer what's the best place they could go to oh all over the place man um we're on facebook um we have a website our website is www.pathofthepillwriter.com don't worry about that wp staging i don't know why that shows up but if you just type in pathofthepillwriter.com you'll come to my website this is kind of our image so if you see this image this is us when this is on the facebook group uh, it's on the instagram it's on the um Blah, blah blah twitter um we have a tiktok that doesn't that's not on the tiktok because it's a different animal um but yeah this is kind of like our icon and you'll see it everywhere um with this angel and you know not really a devil but light versus dark um of right. this world so yep but it's great you can kind of follow along i got a blog that nobody reads on this web page um i have a store on this web page which is cool so if you want to, like, if we're not Kickstartering and you, or you miss something, you know what I mean? And you want to purchase like a choose your own adventure and we're not live. You can get them here. Thank you again, Lori. And, and, and 
and I'm looking forward to talking to you again when issue four comes out. Yes. When we get through issue three, I want to hear what you have to say when you get to the end. Um, I always write a killer ending, but this one is particularly brutal and, um, don't get attached. Um, (laughs) but I just want to hear what people are thinking after they get through this, because it's such a, um, eventful issue with five years, you know, of this apocalypse happening in one issue. That's a lot. We cover a lot. So, um, it'll be interesting to hear what people say. You know? Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much, Lori. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Hat Trick. And yeah. um, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for supporting Indie Comics. And uh, thank you in advance if you decide to come back my project. I love you forever. I got to say, it's a fun ride. We have uh, we have a good time. I, I'm having fun doing it. So, um, you know, come along with the ride. We're having a good old time together. We got lots of good stuff for you to check out. And um, hopefully I'll see you on issue four. Perfect. All right. Can you hear me now? Yes. Hooray. Okay, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. This will be fun. This will be a fun editing group thing here. here 28. All right. Cool. All right. Um, now I was saying, so that that –